So another day, another noise in our heads talking down to us. Um, oftentimes, you know, these noises can be people, can be related to money, can be related to passion, career, but uh, it always puts a restraint on a lot of our gifts and talents that are deep with, with inside us, uh, which is tough. And uh, at Recess, we created a podcast where we bring on Toronto creatives, entrepreneurs to share their story, their journey, and the noise that they live through. Um, as a hope to shine some light on some of those people who might be struggling to say fuck you to those noise. So I'm Peter Hahn. This is no, this is the Noise Podcast. So uh, yo, we're live. We're recording right now. Um, we got a special episode today. We got a definitely a special guest. Uh, I definitely don't want to give it away just yet. I want to let the listeners kind of take a while. I guess I'll give them a hint. But uh, I feel like you know, I give an example like. If you're in Toronto, you know, you're on the block, you're into jewelry, trying to get iced out real quick. Uh, I feel like this individual, this shop is definitely the first shop to kind of like pop into mind. Um, some of y'all might be able to guess who that is, um, but I'll give it over to him for a brief intro. So please introduce yourself. What's up, guys? So apparently I'm the first guest of the Noise Podcast. But- Yes, sir. Yeah, we gotta cheers to that. We gotta cheers to that, bro. Yes, sir. Well, yeah. Before I introduce myself, yo, I'm mad proud of you for starting this. Thanks, bro. So, like, before I hop into this, I know Peter's been talking about this podcast for a minute. So, just to see someone like actually like not only say something but like pursue it. Like, I resonate with that, so respects to you. Much love, man. But yeah, I'm Nick the Jeweler. My name is Nick, and I run Nick's Jewelry on Dundas and Dufferin. Um, I run the shop, and I'm also the in-house designer. So I appreciate you for having me as a first guest. Like, I feel honored. Like, you know, I still don't think I'm anyone, but for you to think I'm someone, so it means a lot. Hey, man, the honor is mine. Like you said, uh, everyone, we got Nick the Jeweler on the <laughs> podcast. It's crazy. I think like I'm out here, you know, it's weird seeing you right here, just like talking to me about stuff. Um, I was like thinking about this, like on the way here. I was like, realistically, how long have I known Nick? Definitely not long enough. Less than a year, bro. Yeah, less than a year for sure. And I'm like thinking like, how did I even meet him? Like, do you remember how I met you? I don't know. I just thought it was through Jeff. To Jeff. So shout out to Sibo. Yo, shout out to Sibo. Shout, shout out to Sibo. Jeff. Um, I think I met you 2021, 20, maybe? The summer 20, at Ruru. Uh, okay, Ruru, but my biggest memory of you is when we had dinner at Iminishi. Oh, like, yes. You, you, and I think before that, we were at Fun Time as well. Oh, yeah, Fun Times. Yeah, yeah. Okay, honestly, so, that summer was a big blur to me. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's crazy to think that, like, I always kind of knew of you, right? Like we have mutuals, which is again, Jeff, shout out to Jeff, uh, shout out to Sibo. Um, and then when I like thought about this podcast, for some reason, I was like, Nick's definitely on the list. I, mean, I need to get Nick on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, thank you for having, uh, for coming here and then you joining the show. But like, I still remember you texting me when you agreed to do the podcast. You're like, yo, just a heads up. <laughs> I've never done this yo, the first honestly, time. Yo, guys, heads up. It was my first time ever. Yeah, yeah. But like, yo, I was mad nervous. But I'm still nervous now. But like, I feel like in order to grow, like, you got to be uncomfortable, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not just doing this for the shop. Like, I'm doing this for myself. Yeah. And like, we're so like caught up with like, 
what's going around us like externally and like all the noise yeah but like it's important to like make your own noise and like clap for yourself internally yeah so i'm clapping for myself today and like that's why i'm here today so hey man it's it's sick it's sick to have you i think and i remember when you told me that i told you the same thing right i was like yo it's the first time for me as well <laughs> so like no stress no nothing at all and i think uh like if I were to be honest with you, I thought I thought you were gonna say no when I pitched it to you, because I felt like I think I also kind of like already made an assumption that like oh Nick's already doing his thing, he's probably gonna say no to the podcast. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, I, I I've always wanted to ask like what made you like you know want to say yes to coming on here. I think I said yes because like I don't know I just felt like comfortable and safe around like our group of friends you know yeah yeah and I knew that like the way that like the production was gonna go and how, what you were gonna talk about and how you're gonna like portray us. Like, again, that's going back to like the external like validation. Like that's something I still struggle with. I knew you're gonna do me right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And I knew like the conversations we're gonna have, it's gonna be like beneficial to both of us. Yeah. And like, we're gonna like let our feelings, let out what's going on in, in us. And it just like, because you had like that word of mouth, like like confirmation, affirmation, affirmation from like, Jeff and them like it made me believe in you yeah like if like you're Seanic's friend you're Jeff's friend like that yeah, it means you're my friend too so like, I know you're gonna do me right you know so hey, like, man much love much love today for sure man um I guess like outside of the mutual friends mm-hmm. for me like the exciting thing was like really really just like getting to know you right yeah. I, I feel so like we don't really know each other we don't this is like our first like you're like that's what I'm saying. That's like why it's crazy. Like, at like 4 a.m., like sitting on the table. Like, That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And like, I feel like not just myself, a lot of people know about Nick's Jewelry, the yeah. shop itself, but I feel yeah. like they don't know the history behind it, right? Yeah. Like, even for me, I like, I've always heard about the shop, but I never knew like when it became to be. So I think like my question to you is like, you know, like, Tell me about it, right? Like, when did it start? Like, how did this all kind of came to be? Because it's, it's for me, for someone like me, I would always think that, oh, it just kind of like came to be out yeah. of nowhere. Yeah, yeah, which a lot of people assume. Yeah. But like, do you want to like the whole backstory since like- Hey man, since, like, the since, whole like, backstory, I'm here for uh, it. Let me take a second. <laughs> <laughs> Try to talk to the mic, man. Sorry? Try to stay on the mic. All right, I got you. <laughs> Yeah, so how Nick's really can it be? Um, so I guess to be technical, like I'm a third generation jeweler. So that means like my grandparents were jewelers and then my parents and then now me recently. Oh yeah, my grandparents were jewelers. They had a jewelry shop in Vietnam too. So I think it was like the 50s or 60s. But obviously like the Vietnam War happened. So they had to like sell all their assets and like leave everything behind. And the crazy thing about like jewelry and gold, like my parents, had to give gold to smugglers for them to get to like to get to, for them to get to Canada. So it's like it's like a inter, it's like a long like a long connection with me yeah, and gold yeah. and me and jewelry. But yeah, my parents came over here. Um, they worked hard every day in like a warehouse, and like they knew that they wanted to open up a jewelry shop. But like once you're like, when you're immigrants and like newcomers, you can't just like yo money's gonna come out of tree and you're gonna open up. No, nah, definitely it's different. It's yeah. like especially being an immigrant parents are like coming from another country you get a lot more conservative i think and then yeah. i feel like you come at least with my family as well right like one of the biggest objective coming to like places like canada or north america or the western culture in general right. is to be able to achieve that traditional like 
job of like nine to five yeah. stuff like that for stability yeah so i hear what you mean right yeah but i'm sure like you, you resonate like our parents like did more than nine to five i was like yeah. a night job like like two jobs like a day you know but like it's to achieve like that dream for them to be their own bosses yeah and like they saved up enough capital like got that business loan and opened up next year in 1999 1999 yeah i think so it's been like if i did the math like 22 years now or 23 wow i didn't know it was that yeah. old so like everyone every time someone walks in the shops like how long you've been around like yeah, we've yeah. been in the same neighborhood for over two decades and like people are always like oh like we never noticed you like and stuff like that but to speak of like my part like i've been involved recently for two years now yeah so once like covid started but it's like it feels nice i'm finally putting what my parents built on like on the map right like it feels nice like seeing people on the street wear what wear stuff that i curated that i designed and that like i put on the shop you know like yeah, yeah. i think that's the best feeling as like a designer and creator yeah that you can get when someone like fucks with your stuff right so yeah when COVID happened like i got involved because um all the business had to close and like my parents were just sitting around like I don't know if like you resonate with your parents, but they can't sit around. Like they always have to be doing something. Like they have that like hustler mindset. They have they can't just like sit still, you know? No, nah, it's it's still yeah. the same for me as well, right? I feel yeah. like you probably understand like Yeah. I'm I'm also personally at a point where I tell my parents like, yo, like rest. You know, you're yeah, it's yeah. fine. Like I'm working a job for a reason. I'm old enough to like take care of the family. Exactly. But like you said, I think it's something about like them having that mentality that you know, coming into another country, they've always had to hustle. So they've adapted to that lifestyle forever. Yeah. So even now, like you said, like my parents too, they're always like yeah. working, working, working. Yeah. So. Yeah. But it's like built into their DNA. Like they're like, my parents are like 64, 65, mm. which is like, almost, like the retirement age basically. Yeah. But like, they're not stopping. They're like, we're going to keep working with you yeah. until you build a team, which is like my, my goal right now. Right. Like I value time. Like, a lot more than monetary value. Yeah. Like, I want to have time to myself to, like, travel. I want to have time to myself to, like, think creatively and design my own stuff. Yeah. But because the shop is doing so well, well right now, like, I'm in the front of the shop. I'm doing inventory. I'm doing logistics. I'm, I'm doing everything that it takes for, like, a shop to run well. Yeah. But I don't have time to, like, sit down and draw and think creatively. Yeah. So, like, like I feel like my life right now really resonates with a tattoo artist because they're always drawing, like, a new concept for the next client and the yeah. next client and that's how i feel right now every mm -hmm. night i'm drawing something new for a client because everyone wants something different mm. you know what i'm saying like because like we're all different we all have different identities i think jewelry is a unique way to express that for sure and we all express that in a different way yeah and like there's a beauty to it but bro like i'm happy but i'm exhausted yeah i feel like yeah. especially like being in that position obviously like i'm not in that specific position but yeah. from what i'm hearing i it's like I think it's the same for me as well as far as like the stuff that I do on the side with 3D stuff and paintings as well it's like that idea of like always trying to come up with something it's pretty exhausting but I think you know it's for me it's it's kind of like really shocking and I'm impressed to see how like it's only been two years since you've joined yeah, and you're already kind of like crazy you have you you're already talking about these stuff that you have in mind that you need to work on like logistics as inventory mm -hmm. but then I, that also makes me wonder like you know like two years ago before two years though like what were you doing like so not a lot of you know but i actually have a master's in urban planning so 
before all this jewelry, I was actually a youth worker for four to five years. Yeah. And I went to get my graduate degree in urban planning. Right. Um, I was very interested in like community development and just like making services and having better access for refugees and newcomers. Yeah. That's always been like a passion of mine. So like after doing my master's, I actually worked at U of T for two years. Um, I was researching um, housing for newcomers, right. how to like better, how to like improve services and get better access for housing for the newcomers that just came. So yeah, like, yeah. Such as like the Syrian refugees or like with the war going on Pakistan like not a, not too long ago. Yeah. Like how do we find housing for them when they just land and how are they treated by like the border agencies? So like, yeah. I was interviewing newcomers I was seeing how we can better better the system in Toronto Damn. so bro like I was pure academic right. I was pure research and like to speak on it like I was just in such a progressive space that mm-hmm. like it was always love it was always like bettering like the system and like just like a very progressive and safe space yeah and then like ever since getting to like business like when numbers get involved like I felt like I had to like built a new persona yeah because like when you get too excited for something like you know people take advantage of you yeah like i learned how to be like a numbers person how to negotiate and not like be too nice anymore you know yeah and it just sucks but like your know, business is business it is like it money is. when money gets involved like you just have to be be a different person not for sure yeah. you have to like know your value as well exactly but yeah i guess to, like recap like transitioning from like a very progressive space um to like a very like numbers base and like like the jewelry industry, which is very like high end and numbers based and like, what are the margins? Yeah. It's been a tough transition, you know? And like, I think that's what like, I'm really struggling with right now. Right. But yeah, I'm clapping for myself. I'm trying to make noise. And like, I'm just trying to like get better every day and like, just like, you know, elevate the shop and elevate myself as a designer. Yeah. Well then I guess like, when you, when you were doing that, I like working at U of T, did you always think to yourself like, I'm going to be out of here and I'm going to be doing jewelry or like, was it more so it got to a point where you said like, you know, screw this. I'm not, I'm not doing this no more. Mm-hmm. I feel like what I'm meant to do is jewelry. Yeah. Cause I, I think it's pretty hard for people to like, take that, choose that faith, right? right? Or like to even know what you might want to do. Mm-hmm. For me, it was completely different. Like, yeah. I, I hear you. Cause I also went to U of T. <laughs> okay. That's you know, you follow U of T. Yeah. Um, cheers to that. Yeah. Cheers, <laughs> to, yes. cheers to U of T, you know, but, um, I also, uh, like I went to U of T, I studied finance. I was in the Rotman commerce you're program. You're a Rotman guy. <laughs> Disclaimer, all the listeners, I'm not a finance bro. You know, please don't label me as that. But like I was in that, but I never thought to myself like I'd be where I'm at right now. Because mm-hmm. for me, it wasn't like me knowing like what I wanted to do. I was always kind of like, well, I'm just going to be doing this forever. And then it kind of came out of the blue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess because you say, you know, you come from a family from that worked for in jewelry. Mm-hmm. So I'm like curious to know if you like why you were doing that. You've always had it in the back of your mind so saying like, oh, that's what mm-hmm. I'm meant to do, you know? Yeah, so even though like we've been in the jewelry game like for generations, like mm-hmm. that was never a part of my life up mm-hmm. until two years ago. Like I didn't talk to my parents. Like, I don't know if you resonate, but like I just go home, go to the shop, do my homework and yeah. leave. Like I didn't, I didn't care what gold was, I didn't care what jewelry was. It was just, I think it was because my parents kept pushing me away. Right. They're like, go to UFT. You need to get into UFT. You need to graduate like an engineering degree. Yeah. Um, be a finance pro. Like, <laughs> you know, like they just like all the very stereotypical like Asian jobs. Yeah. And I think that's why I was so like shut out of it. Cause yeah. like 
they're like, don't do what we do. It's too labor intensive. It's too much of a headache. It's like, you're going to deal with like customer service. They just wanted me to sit in an office and do right. research or to stability, 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 you know? So that's why like, it was like to answer your question, like I never thought of it to be part of my future until yeah. COVID happened. And I just like, let me see what I can do to help them out, which is like just making an Instagram account. So yeah. simple, bro. Like I just made an Instagram account. Like I wrote a post that like, we're struggling right now. The shop's closed. Like um, how much it means to my parents. And like just from creating graphics, like disclaimer, I was never a social media manager. Mm. I like don't know anything marketing, never took any courses. I just, just jumped into just it. Just jumped in as like being a young adult with like, being in tune these days, like what people do. Yeah. I look at the references and inspirations and I, I try to make it my own way. Watch videos and all that. Video, YouTube, like YouTube's their best friend. Yeah. Like even to like designing now, like you told sure. me, it's like you done Rhino. Yeah, like all Rhino, my, Blender, yeah. all of that. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people who do 3D stuff, they yeah. probably know Blender Guru. Yeah. You know, you yeah. start off making yeah. a donut and all yeah. that Yeah, you know, like, like, my, like my first time I was making like blogs and yeah. circles. It's just like, like to like be transparent, like I make all my jewelry on Rhino. Mm. So I learned everything through YouTube and I asked questions. Um, I got a mentor, like it's okay to be curious and ask questions because yeah. from where I started like two years ago, just like posting on Instagram to now designing on Rhino, like that big, like that big leap. It was just like through asking questions and being curious. Yeah. Every person I knew that did Rhino, I asked for, co- I asked to go for coffee and I just picked their brain. Yeah. How did you do this? How did you design that? Yeah. I'm like, that's where I'm, I am today because I was curious. Yeah. And curious. I wasn't afraid to ask questions. Right. And I think like, it's great you brought up curiosity because I, at least like a lot of the people in that out that, that I meet as well, like, I'm sure you know this too. There's so many talented people in Toronto. No, yo, we're, like, we're, we're so, a crazy city. Bro. Yeah, like crazy yeah. city, but then, I also know so many of these talented people that are very scared. Mm-hmm. And then I would always ask them like, yo, like, why scared? You know what I mean? Like you're so talented. And they, I noticed that they have this like assumption and like negative perspective and like very intimidating idea of what creativity means. And then I think for me personally, like I look at creativity as curiosity. So you explaining this the whole time for me was like, that's what I was trying to explain to those yeah. people, right? The moment you get curious about something, I think that is defined as cre- uh, creativity. Yeah. It doesn't need, creativity doesn't necessarily mean to be like, oh, artistically talented, or you yeah. have to know how to do that. Yeah. If you're like eager to do something and curious about like learning something, I think that right off the bat, you have a sense of creativity within you. So I think it's great that you brought that up. But then at the same time, I'm also very impressed because it's like, you know, that sounds scary, right? I think. Me personally, again, I'm not in a position where I've done that yet, where I've, I've said like, this is it. Like I'm gonna quit my full time and do, mm. let's see 3D stuff. I haven't done that just yet. So like mm-hmm. you explaining this for me, I was like, yo, that's sick. Mm-hmm. But it's also very like scary for yeah, me. Scary. I feel like it would have been like that to you too as well, right? Cause yeah. like having that stable job and then telling yourself like, yo, this, this is what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna leave it. Yeah. And I feel like, um, it would also there's a lot of fear factor as far as like what other people might say mm-hmm. to that decision mm-hmm. so I'm like I'm, I'm sure you came across that too yeah but I, I'm wondering like how you were able to like overcome mm-hmm. these noises that you hear right because mm-hmm. it's a hard topic and I think that's a really big topic that a lot of people like mm-hmm. fear of mm-hmm. before even getting into something that they want to do yeah so. so like you're like mentioning like the noise that like people tell themselves like 
how do I quit my nine to five right now yeah. to like go to like this job that I'm very passionate about. Yeah, so like to like rewind, like when I was doing my my job at UFT, I was doing, still doing jewelry, like, but I wasn't like oh. designing on Rhino yet. I was just yeah. like um, doing like social media posts, like and like carrying what I already have in the shop. Mm-hmm. At this point, in the first year of COVID, we haven't had new products yet. I was just kind of showcasing what we had in the shop. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was balancing like two jobs: the job at UFT and the job at, at the jewelry shop. Yeah. But I think what made me quit my nine to five was that like. I was just so much happier yeah. like at my jewelry shop like meeting new people having these conversations and like seeing people wear our stuff and like their smiles it just hits different when like you're signing off a paper or yeah. like you're doing working with numbers yeah. like it just hits differently mm-hmm. and obviously like numbers based wise like I made me quit because I realized I was making enough money to yeah. like make that leap of faith at the end of the day like it it has to be a numbers-based game if you Fox. want to take this leap of faith. Yeah. So the numbers help, but in terms of like time and money, like that was time was way more important to me. Yeah. I didn't have to. I could be my own boss. I didn't have to listen to anyone. I didn't have to clock in. I could do what I want and create my own time. Yeah. You know. So, I guess to to like to the people watching, like make that leap of faith if like you want to create more time for yourself. Right. And if like, like just chase what you like, you're passionate about, you know? Yeah. Cause then they like, when I did it and if it didn't work out, I made sure like to my manager, like, oh, can I come back? Yeah. So like kind of have like a plan B to like, you know, like a little safety net. Cause you should always take that leap of faith. And if say it doesn't work out, say you give it like a year or two and it doesn't work out, like go back to your old job then. Like it's yeah. never like, it's not, it's never the end of the world. Yeah. I think a lot of that noise and that fear that we get, it's like, we think it's the end of the world. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like this context. It could be anything, you know? Yeah. But did you feel like when you're doing that, like kind of had this idea of like, okay, I'm ready to do this or were you more so kind of like, I'm not sure, but I'm just going to do it. Anyways. Bro, I was not sure. Like the unknown. Yeah. I know it's scary, bro. Yeah. But I just, I just listened to like my, to myself that like, First of all, it's named after me, bro. Like, yeah. I just knew that, like, Facts. I had to, like, live up to this legacy and, like, do it for not myself, but my parents, you know? Right. So, like, I think that's a big factor, too. But to answer your question, like, no, like, I had no certainty. It was unknown. But I think that's the beauty of the process. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think there's never, like, a right moment. Right? Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like a lot of people kind of get this idea that, like, oh, I'll do it when I feel that I'm ready. Yeah. But like, what does that even mean? You know, it's like, yeah. Cause how gonna, do you know if you're ready? Yeah, you're gonna keep waiting. You're, you're gonna, gonna like, keep waiting. And I feel waiting. like- oh, This is the right moment, this is the right moment. Like, yeah, and like, especially with things that you wanna do, like creatively, creatively yeah. or like, um, if you wanna run your own business even. Yeah. Right? Like you're gonna get to a point where other people might look at you and be like, yo, he's ready. But it's very hard for you to tell yourself like, I'm ready, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So. I think that's how you sh- how we should define leap of faith. Mm-hmm. I think you definitely like yeah. Like just, yeah like you said like, there's no time when you're ready. Like just do it. Yeah, like, you just gotta do it and like believe in the process and just go with it. You know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think uh, to answer like just just take that leap of faith. Just do it. Just, just, just do go it. for it and see like, what just be goes. uncomfortable because that's when you grow. Yeah. Like when we're too comfortable, like it just. We're stagnant. We don't grow. Yeah. Like even right now where I'm sitting, I'm, I'm uncomfortable right now. You know what I'm saying? Same. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's how we grow, you know? Yeah, yeah, for it's sure. It's like, 
you gotta be present. If you think too much about the past, think too much about the future, you're just shooting yourself in the foot. That is true. And like how I overcome that noise, like I'm gonna be present right now. I'm gonna make this decision today. Yeah. And whatever happens day by day, like that's gonna be where it leads. Yeah. Like, if I was that day, I'm gonna start saying, oh, what if like doesn't work out? What if I don't have a steady income? If I kept thinking about that future noise, I wouldn't be where I am today. You know? Yeah, for sure. So it's, yeah. And then I guess like, that's all like, was like the starting point, I guess, right? For that was like the transition. That was a transition. Yeah. yeah. You made the transition now. Yeah. And now I full feel time, like full time. Yeah, now. but I feel like once you when you first made that transition, I would think that you still have a lot like because you just started at that point. Let's say like when you just started, there's a lot that you have to like get used to, right? Yeah. I feel like there was would be different types of noises that now you're hear, hearing mm-hmm. and after starting the journey. Mm-hmm. I need to hear about this, man. I, I feel yeah. like it's like starting it is definitely uh, difficult. Like it's a hard thing to do, mm. you know, starting the journey. Is that no, it's the hardest point actually. It's the hardest point. Yeah, it's a hard but point. I also think that when you first start the journey, there's a lot that you have to go through. Yeah. And I'm sure you went through that as well. Bro, honestly, holy shit. <laughs> oh, I need to reposition myself for this one. <laughs> like starting was like so overwhelming, it was so scary because in jewelry, I don't know if people know, like there's so many parts that can go wrong in jewelry. Yeah. You have like the design aspect and you have the casting, the casting process mm. and then you have like the finishing. So I'm a true believer that like, if you want to run your own business and be an entrepreneur, like you should know how each sector works. Yeah. Like take it as a restaurant. Like if you want to open a restaurant, like you should be at least be like a server, a yeah. chef, or like know how back of the house works. Like a general idea. Yeah, like be a jack of all trades. Like, yeah. like don't just open a restaurant if you never cook before. Yeah. That doesn't make sense, you know? So starting was very hard because I need to learn all these different sectors in a jewelry, how, in how the jewelry game works. Mm. So like, I would like spend my days with my dad in like, in a workroom, how he like, finishes jewelry and how he like how he basically refines metals and stuff yeah um i like found a mentor for rhino for for cad mm-hmm. how to design jewelry how 3d printing works and then i went to my caster who casts my metals and see how the process works like which metal rods should connect to which areas to know what will work because yeah. there's physical limitations to to metal work and to like mm-hmm. physical items you know mm-hmm. like a lot of people time think of like they may be like a really nice graphic 2d on photoshop it'll translate to jewelry yeah but it's not like that there's physical limitations mm-hmm. right so i guess to answer your question it was like very overwhelming to start because not only did i have to worry about like how jewelry works i had to worry about like social media yeah but like outreaching about like what we have collaborations making pitch projects and like pitching ideas and then inventory shopify like literally everything i was wearing like fucking six hats one (laughs) i'm still wearing six hats to this day right but it's like finding that balance and i'm still struggling to find that balance but again it's that noise that i have to keep clapping for myself and it's like it's how you navigate like that middle that like that middle ground like not when you're too high but not when you're too low but when like you're cruising yeah for sure. so right now like i'm cruising and it'll go up and down but like you need to find like that perfect balance of, yeah of cruising yeah but at that point like how how did you overcome that i feel like now it's a bit different because you're in a position where you're kind of able to acknowledge that i think like when you start you said again it's you know it sounds crazy overwhelming yeah. i think it's harder at that point to kind of understand like how do i like say fuck you to that noise that you're hearing at that point, right? I'm, I'm sure you had your own way of like coping me, with it. Like me, like, doubting myself, like, yeah. why am I doing this? 
Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Like, or I, I, if I look back, I don't even know how he did it. Honestly, yeah. I was just so like, kind of vision. Yeah. I was so numb. But like, what I can tell you is the people that I surrounded myself with, mm. like the people that I surrounded myself were creators, had the same mindset as me. And it just like, every time I bounce my ideas off them, they're like, yeah, Nick, that's, that's sick. Let's, let's sit down. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Like, just mm. bring that ideation to like real life and to collab. So like, I'm sure you've seen on like my Instagram, I've done a lot of collaborations around the city. Yeah. And bro, that's a key to success. Like yeah. bouncing ideas off other creators and designers and just working together. Cause in the day we can do so much by yourself, but I learned the hard way that I can't do everything. Yeah. We have people in the city that are good at what they do, like photography, videography. Yeah. Um, it's okay to outsource that. Like you can't do everything in your on your own. You yeah. Know? So I guess how I, to answer your question, how I overcome that was like working with other people, um, working with the right people that are yeah. like-minded and just doing collaborations. Like it made me feel not alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you resonate, like I still feel this way. Like it's just me, my mom and dad. When like I'm at the shop, like it sucks working alone. You know, yeah. like I wish I had my own studio. Yeah. I wish I had my own team that I could like Yo, let's have a meeting. Like, yo, look at this, look at this Rhino model on the screen Facts. right now. Like, what yeah. do you think? Yeah, yeah. Like, I wish I had that, but I know I'm gonna get that. Like, I'm gonna mm. tell you, you know, I know I'm gonna get a team. I'm gonna manifest it. But for now, you gotta surround yourself like with people externally yeah. and locally. And nah, they'll I hear help you. you bring you up. It's more like the long term investment yeah. kind of thing. Like, you gotta look at it long term rather than thinking like. Oh, I gotta do everything like now yeah. when I'm just starting it off. Trust me, yeah. Like you gotta like work smart, not work hard. Yeah, but, like, for sure. You can do both, but it's just like, yeah, you can't do everything by yourself. Yeah, and I think uh, um, you said tunnel vision. You had a tunnel vision that time. Day in the life of Nick during that time. I, I need to know this. I, I'm like wondering if you were just like grinding it out at, at the crib or. Mm -hmm. Bro, I was grinding every day, bro. Like, every day. Yeah, you know, I remember at one point, I forgot what post I made. I got like 30 DMs each day. Damn. And I was one person replying to each inquiry. Yeah. Every day, like 30, like 30 minutes every day. And everyone's different. And looking back, I don't know how I did that. But I think because I was so passionate about it. And I'm mm -hmm. just like, you know when like, you're really young to the game? Like, I feel like I'm very young to the Julie game. I'm just hungry, bro. Yeah. Like, you got to stay hungry no matter what sector you're in to like succeed. Yeah, yeah. Once you get comfortable and you're not hungry anymore, you don't want to chase that. Like, I think that's when like things start slowing down. Yeah. But I think because I was so hungry, it's so new to me. It was almost like a honeymoon stage to me. Yeah. And I just kept like, I kept going. Yeah. Were you, were you, in, would you say you were still having this sense of enjoyment, even though you felt overwhelmed? Cause I feel like because you're so passionate, maybe you might be like, damn, this is a lot. But at the same time, you're like, I'm still liking it, you know what I mean? I think at that point when I was over, I wasn't enjoying it. I was Damn. actually hating it. Right. I think now that I'm cruising, mm -hmm. you know, like I've like figured out like a a model that works for me now. I'm I'm happy. Yeah. Because it's more balanced. But at that time, no, I was not enjoying it. I think I was just going through the motion. Yeah. To to just like keep up and to yeah. like like I'm a type of person that I want to I want everyone to be satisf satisfied. Yeah. Whether it's a friend, a consumer, like I just. Like I don't, I don't leave no message unread, you know? Like my no. emails are clean, my text messages are clean. Yeah. That's just who I am. But I wasn't enjoying it. Like I was actually burning out. Yeah. But for the first time I could say like, I'm not burning, like I feel like contempt over I am. Did you not have a tipping point where you're like, 
yo, I don't know, I don't know about this because you're doing so much. Yo, I was like at one point, like bro, I cried. Yeah, I'm by myself. Like I'm like, should I just give up? Yeah, but just like when I see like a client's reaction to something that we sold or something we made, it like we sparked that. Yeah, There's someone just like fucking like CPR CPR me again. Yeah, yeah. And I just woke up and like I'm ready again. I can just yeah. lit my fire again. So that kept me going just yeah. to see like the love that I got from the people of Toronto, from like our community. Like every time my flame went out, like this wow, one, it just takes one person to like reignite it, you know? Yeah. So it's again, going back to like, it can't be too low, it can't be too high, but like, just be like in that sweet middle. Yeah, I feel like it's so crazy how with things like that, like when you're at the tipping point, when you're literally about to quit, there's, there's that some, one person that might DM you and be like, yo, your stuff is dope. Yeah. Like, I definitely had that point where um, I'm like, you know, working on Blender, working on these 3D models. Like, mm-hmm. I definitely got to a point where I'm like, yo, why am I doing this? Like, I, I didn't study. I, I went to school for finance. Yeah. Like, I work in a software company right now. Like, well, like, what the fuck am I doing this? Why I'm getting like this yeah. Like, why am I stressing out about, about the details and like the, the reflection of a freaking you know a Pokemon or something <laughs> like that? I was yeah. tripping and I, I was about to stop as well. And then I have like people message me like, "Yo, are you selling your piece or mm. yo, your stuff is dope?" Mm. And I'm like, instantly like, "Oh, never mind." Like, like it reunited you. Like, it did. It, it just reassured like what you're doing is like right and people fuck with it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a I think yeah. that's a sign that like you've made the right decision where it's like every time you choose something that you want to do, you'll definitely I feel like anything you do in life, there's a tipping point where you kind of just like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. But I think the beauty of like selecting with what you want to do and what you love to do is like life just works in a way where it's like if you've made that right selection of what your true passions are, it gives you with some sort of a that little tiny push mm-hmm. at that tipping point to get you going for the next step. Yeah. yeah. So I think you definitely like that was that point for you, right? So yeah. Like, I just need, like, you just need a little push sometimes. You little know? push. Like, you know, like, yeah, like, you just need a little push, that little reassurance. And like, but I always tell people, it's all about like the big wins, bro. It's about the small wins, small wins yeah. along the journey. Like, that's how I got through everything that I've been going through for the business and life in general. It's like those small wins are more crucial to me. Yeah. Because it gets me over those humps during yeah. the journey. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. That's crazy. I mean, so that was like when you first started. Yeah. Now, you know, the beauty is you're here. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're, like, after yeah, I'm, that, I'm in this podcast. You're in this crazy. podcast. You're now known as Nick the Jeweler. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's what's, so, yeah. what's that life like for you? I think the reason why I ask this is because I feel like a lot of people would probably have this like assumption that, you know, they just look at what you're up to nowadays and mm-hmm. be like, oh, he's chilling. This mm-hmm. guy's just living. You know what yeah. I mean? I personally would think that, that, you know, everyone has their own story. I'm sure you go, you still go through stuff and mm-hmm. your, your day in life is still busy as well. Mm-hmm. Like, what is that? What does that look like now that you've kind of like understood what it takes to be a jeweler mm-hmm. and the business is going? Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you, like, if you take that leap of faith from a nine to five, it comes a 24 seven job. Facts. So like, but like, yeah, it's a beauty of the process. Like, I guess in a life, a day in my life, I'm, I'm at the shop, like six, seven hours, but I'm not just like the front of house selling jewelry, like my mom does all that. I'm either in the back, like designing on Rhino. Um, I'm making pitch decks, pitching to companies, to some brands. Yeah. Um, 
I'm downstairs with my dad at the workbench being like, just what I designed on Rhino, like how are we gonna finish it? Does this work physically with metals? Like, is it possible? So again, I'm wearing a lot of hats. I'm on Shopify seeing what, what, or, what order went through. I'm packing orders. Um, I'm answering inquiries, like engagement ring inquiries, custom pendants, or like, oh, do you repair jewelry or like, do you sell this ring? It's just like everything. Like Still everything. It's still everything, but I think I'm more happy where I am now because I understand what each day looks for me now. Right. Back then when I first started, it was so new to me. Yeah. So I remember all my team that everything was new. Yeah. But now that like I've been in the game for like two years, like I know things in the back of my mind. They'd be like, this is like 14 carats, two grams, how much is it? And I'll answer it right away. Mm. Back then I gotta go to my mom, to my dad, and to ask them. But the more you do something, the more like sound and you get out of it, and it's like muscle memory. Yeah. Would you say would you say that noise that you've heard? when you were, you know, working your nine to five, then when you started is very different to to those type of noises, like the stuff that you hear now, or would you still say it's like very similar, but it's just like the way you kind of like accept it is different. No, it's definitely different noises, different yeah. voices, different phrases. Like back then when I first started, when it's overwhelming, like very, I had a lot of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Like, who are you? Like, why are you doing this? You're nobody, like, like, you're phony, like, like just quit. Like those are the voices going to my head. Like, why did you do this? Do this yeah. to yourself. Now, like the noises are like, you know, I'm gonna build a team. Yeah. I'm gonna elevate this. Like, I know what I want and I know what I need mm. to make this shop where I want it to be at. Yeah. It's very like positive thoughts, but it's also like very ambitious thoughts. But like for me, like everything that I I say, I put action towards it. Right. You know. So the the noise that's going through my head these days is very positive. It's aiming for like the moon. It's like goals that are attainable and realistic. Right. Like I know I'm gonna get there one day, mm-hmm. but it's a question. It's like how and when. Yeah. You know. So yeah, the noise is very, definitely very different. Mm-hmm. Like the noises are definitely like the goals. The um, like keep doing this. Like look at that light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. So yes, very very different noises. Very different. But do you still find yourself like? opening up to like reaching out for help if needed oh bro every day bro yeah like again being curious yeah if i need help i'm gonna ask for help right i'm gonna ask questions if i'm stuck i'm gonna ask questions yeah so i don't ask questions i'm not like i won't be where i am today yeah like a lot of people don't understand like it's okay to not know something yeah yeah you know like we all pretend that we know we know the answer to something but like like i used to be like i used to be like that yeah i used to like say white lies or pretend I know something just to satisfy someone but now that I'm like I understand myself more it's okay to be like yo Peter bro I don't know the answer yeah yeah you know so I think being more true to myself it really helped too it makes me ask questions so you're still just out there reaching out to people yeah I'm asking for like coffee how did you design this like the worst answer people can give you is no yeah or like um if they have like their own model or like they want to keep their secret like oh i'm not ready to share that to you yeah yeah no that's perfectly okay yeah well i guess then speaking of like reaching out to people mm-hmm. peer five i know yeah i've seen it mm-hmm. i want i've been wanting to ask you how like all that came to be because I think it, it lies with the topic of reaching out to people and like still like, mm-hmm. you know, gauging interest and in asking for support, right? Mm-hmm. I think 
again, like one of the biggest reasons why we have you on the podcast is also because we see you as a very humble individual. I think the reason why a lot of people that are listening who are very intimidated with the idea of starting something is also because they see people who might have made it and the way they change. Mm-hmm. Like they're not asking for help. They feel pretty like, oh, we're, we're good. We're chilling. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you're always constantly looking out for support, looking out for ways to like scale the business. Mm-hmm. And I think Pier 5 was a great example. Yeah. You're still doing your thing, out going out there, like reaching yeah. out to people, right? Yeah. How did that come to be though? Well, so like shout out Pure 5. Like they're an amazing bunch of dudes. Shout out to Jeff and Julian. Um, yeah, so like Pure 5, like, when there's grants and there's like applications, bro, I just write it. Yeah. Like there's, there's nothing, there's no harm to applying to, of things. To nothing things. to lose, yeah. Nothing to lose. Same thing as asking questions. Yeah. So the same mentality of like asking questions, I just, bro, I saw the application, someone tagged me, I'm like, yo, I'll write my story, this is yeah. who I am. Like any day, like you gotta sell yourself. Facts. You gotta like sell you, but also the brand. Mm. And any day, like they resonate with you, they resonate with you. That's all there, there is to it. Yeah. Like back then when I used to apply to different grants and I didn't get it and I was very really like, I'm a sensitive person. I was like yeah. really down on myself, but that's okay. Like, you know, if that person doesn't resonate with you, maybe the next person will. Yeah. It's whoever believes in you, yeah. believes in your story and like, and like what you can achieve. Mm-hmm. And obviously those pure, the guys from Pure 5 saw what I was doing and they believed in me. Yeah. And the biggest thing what I learned from like the hardships of this business, not everyone's gonna be your client. You know what I'm saying? True. And I used to think like, yo, everyone's gonna be a client. I want, I want everyone to like me. I want, I want like Nixtra to be well known to everyone. But it's yeah. the reality. Can't satisfy everyone. You can't satisfy everyone. You can't. You can't. And like again, going from this very progressive space to like this very sales money numbers thing. Like before I knew this, before I knew what someone told me, like Nico from Adidas actually told yeah. me this. Like yo, not everyone's gonna be your client. True. From that day, like clicked. Yeah. And it just changed like my whole mindset. And I was so much more free and not like punching myself in the face. Yeah. Cause you know, back then before like I talked to Nico, I wanted everyone to be my client. I was like, yo, why can I sell this? So, like, why I was looking, I was looking numbers at Shopify. Like why I was a graph going down. Yeah. And I was like shooting myself in the foot every day. But you're not like, you're not thinking realistically like, yeah, you're just numbers. Yeah. That's it. Like bro, and they like all those big brands out there, like not the whole world is their client. You know? That's true. So I think after that and being comfortable with that, like you'll reach whoever fucks with you. It just made life so much more peaceful and the yeah. process, the noise, yeah, yeah. a lot better. Yeah. So, so yeah. Damn. Yeah. I feel like that's definitely like, it's hard. And it's, I think it's, it's hard that like to understand, like you get to a certain point and you, I, I feel like a lot of people start to build this ego. And I'm sure you know as well, like in Toronto, mm-hmm. It's like club is a big thing and yeah. it's like once you get to a certain point mm-hmm. it's like you, you you start telling yourself like, i'm not gonna ask for help and then i think like that gives off a lot of intimidating environment for yeah. people who might want to start mm-hmm. so i think you explaining that it's like mm-hmm. it's a pretty like eye-opener yeah. for a lot of people listening i mean like, i think it'd be hypocritical to me to be like to not give help or give advice you know because that's how i became who I am today. Yeah. Like to the guys at Tier Zero. Um, shout out Tier Zero. <laughs> yeah, shout out Tier Zero. Like, bro, like, you are who you surround yourself by. Yeah. And like, I think my work and like the way I present my work, the decks that I pitch to brands and stuff, yeah. Highland and Reebok, is because of the people, like the people from Tier Zero that like believed in me and elevated in me and like allowed me to like 
sit on a couch and like talk my ideas to them and, yeah. and bring it to life. And if you didn't have that curiosity mindset, even after your business scaling, then you probably wouldn't have those opportunities. Exactly. You're out here still like eager and like yeah. wanting to learn and stuff, which is why I think you were able to secure those stuff. So exactly, man, that's yeah. crazy. I think aside from that, also because of that, because of your curiosity, you've been working with a lot of like collab projects as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to ask you this. How did I land them? Or? No, no, no. I mean, that's definitely one of them. Yeah. But I think what, like, if there's one project that you have to pick that really like hits your heart, I personally feel like I have an idea what you might say, but I, I, I need to know like what for you, it's like, okay, this project was, it was more than just jewelry. It's yeah. for, it was a yeah, lot. Yeah, I think you already know the answer to that. But oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that project was definitely the Jade Project, which was like in celebration of Lunar New Year yeah. um, last year. And if you watch the video, it tells about like the immigrant story of many Vietnamese people. Yeah. And that really hits home to me, to my family, and to many Vietnamese people, not yes. in Toronto, but like the whole world. Yeah. I'm like, yo, when I, when I launched that project, like it, was, it reached many people and it touched many people's hearts. Yeah, I watched that and I was- Yeah, I, I, was, cri- I cried watching that video. I watched it and yeah. I was like, definitely feeling the emotions yeah and also for me personally i also got this feeling of like damn because for me it's like in toronto like there's a really tight big vietnamese community and Mm. you're a big part of that community Mm. and i also see a pretty big filipino community But I don't see a big Korean community as far as yeah. the creatives and entrepreneurs go. I know a couple of like people who own like restaurants and stuff. Yeah. But like when I saw that video, I was like, man, I, I like that's all I wish for as well. And it's also definitely one of the reasons why I'm doing the podcast is also hoping to like reach out to people mm-hmm. who might be Korean and yeah. have some like creative talents. I, yeah. I want us, our people to get together as well. Like unite and like, yeah, you know, it's, it's very rare to see like a big Korean community in the city. Mm-hmm. So when I watched that video, like you said, I was like, damn, like mm-hmm. this is more than just like jewelry. Yeah, you know no, it was definitely way more than jewelry. But I'll tell you why I made that video too. So speaking of the Filipino community, like shout out to the Filipinos. Yeah. They're a big part of like, Facts. Of like my, my clientele, but seeing how prideful they are and like mm. the Filipino creators, designers, creatives, whatever you want to name in the, in Toronto support each other. Yeah. Bro, I, I wanted that for my community. Yeah. Like, I'm not sure about if you understand the Vietnamese community, like we really keep our head down mm-hmm. and we just hustle yeah. in whatever sector, whether it's like jewelry, nails, like n- name it. Like yeah. we just keep our head down. But looking at how supportive the Filipino community is to each other and how much they like ride out for each other and like boost, boost each other up. Mm-hmm. I made that video because I wanted that for the Vietnamese community. Yeah. I wanted to have some type of tour, some type of like Thing that we all could relate to mm-hmm. and it was obviously the, the refugee story and jade yeah because we growing up i'm sure every Viet kid we resonated with that mm-hmm. and like yeah like when i was talking to tier zero like especially trey yeah we made that because we wanted more Viet, Viet people to like support each other yeah and if you looked at that list it was all Viet people you know yeah, yeah. so so like yeah so you speaking about like other other communities in Toronto. I made that video because I wanted to unite my own people. Yeah. And like shout out to the Filipino because they're doing it right. They're supporting yeah. each other and they're killing it in the city. Yeah. But I want to see the Vietnamese people do that. I want to see the Koreans do that. And like the Chinese people do that. Yeah. And support each other too. Yeah, yeah. How did your, when you first told, did you like, you told your parents about that project 
right? Like when you first Bro, I didn't even tell them. I just told oh, the car set. Damn. Yeah, like it took like, I think, I can't recall, but like two to three months planning it. Right. A lot of back and forth, like Trey, Helen, um, tier zero and everything but yeah one day I was like mom dad we're filming tomorrow this is the shot list is what you're doing and, yeah. like, and then I showed them the video after Yeah. because I even I don't know if you understand or resonate with Asian parents mm. you can tell them as many things as you want That's true. they won't understand until you see the results or the actions for sure so yeah, I didn't tell I didn't tell my parents anything I just it, it was the exact same way for me when yeah. I told my parents like because I worked in investment banking as well. Yeah. I was a typical, you know, uh, Korean finance kid. Yeah. And then when I told my parents, like, listen, like, this isn't for me. Like, I don't want to do this. I know I went to school for this, mm -hmm. but I want to do more. I want to do more so something creative. And then I ended up transitioning into reigning champ. Mm. Shout out to the people at CYC. Are you still at RC? Nah, definitely not at RC anymore. But, like, that definitely helped me, like, branch into different expertise and areas. Mm -hmm. When I told him that, like you said, my parents were like, I mean, like, we support you, but, but really like, you got to see the results, yeah. you know? So it was stressing me out a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but I think for me as well, like you said, like all, even you talking about this project, right? Taking how if you didn't ignore or say fuck you to those noises at an early stage, mm -hmm. you probably wouldn't even get to the point where having the opportunity to do that, right? Yeah. So I think like... It's if like I definitely agree with you when you say like results, you know, parents care about. Yeah. And I had to like same thing with me. I had to like grind for that. Yeah. And then now it's a little different. They yeah. look at they look at the results and be like, okay, I guess like, like they, they trust you more now, right? Yeah, they they're yeah. like, okay, he's doing okay. He's doing fine. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like when you when you like put that video out. I think all of that thought like came to me as well, which is why I was like, damn. Like. Yeah. Yeah, like, bro, like when I lay in bed or like, I'm very dreamy. I'm like, all these ideas are always flowing in like, yeah. in my head or around me. And like, but Brian from like Legends, he told me, it's like, if those ideas, you see OG, flowing, yeah. Like, yeah. Shout out to OG, pay the Literally way. Literally OG. The good foot days, yeah. like, the back in the days. Yeah. Like, like, just take that idea. Yeah. And just write it down. Right. Or just draw it. Or like, like all these ideas that came out of these videos, these collaborations, it just like sparked from me just sitting or laying down and be like, how could I put two and two together? How do they intersect? Yeah. And I just whip out like a six, seven page deck and I just shoot the email. Damn. That's all it is, bro. Like all the ideas I landed to this day, which is me capturing that idea. Yeah. Like while I'm dreaming. Writing it down. Writing it down and making it into a presentable deck. Right. And just shooting my email. Yeah. Bro, I got a lot of no's, but like, who cares, bro? Like, I got yes, a couple of yeses from the, all, all those no's. Yeah. And like, yeah, that's where I'm at today is just like shooting my shot and like surrounding myself with like the people that are like like like-minded. You know? Yeah, and I feel like you're um, from how you're like explaining, I can already tell you're like talking about these, um, how, you, how you approach situations now, how you talk, how you think about like collabs and stuff. Yeah. I feel like you're in a position where those ideas that you have and curiosity that you have already like take over the noises that you might have still yeah exactly. it, it, that's your way of saying like you'll fuck you to those noises yeah which is very impressive and i'm like yo i'm happy for you because yeah. it's hard especially mm -hmm. in the city mm -hmm. um and i think like you just you know how you mentioned about like you always have these ideas mm -hmm. branching off of that you know where do you see yourself you know what i mean like i think let's say let's keep it short in the next two years or so yeah because i think like when you when you 
tell us like you have a lot of ideas mm-hmm. it's low-key you know you're teasing us you know what <laughs> I mean? obviously I'm, we're not asking you to be like yeah. open on like telling us what you have in project but yeah. I, I guess more so like where do you see this going yeah. in the next two years um and how how that might be different from when you started mm-hmm. like before i answer that you mentioned like a lot of like saying fuck you to the noises right yeah like i struggle with a lot of like external and ex- external noises and external validation and if i could give a tip to like myself and other people like how I got through that was just like putting my head down and like loving myself and believing in myself and being yeah. my biggest my biggest fan because like you know, I kept caring about other people what yeah. other noises out there bro I, would, like, I wouldn't be where I am today because I would care about too much of what other people think yeah. so I just like kept to myself and I'm so learning to be like that to like put my head down and just let my work speak for itself and to answer your question you said like what are some ideas that, I will, that I'm thinking of in the future Something in the next two years, like I want my I want my own studio. Oof. I want like yes. I want like a space like this. Like I want like like four or six computers. Yeah. And I just have like team members that are designing with me. Like either it's Rhino, graphic design, like or even making TikToks. I don't care. I just want a team that I don't feel alone. That I can bounce ideas off each other. So like you have the shop, but then you have like a studio too. Damn. So you know. Yeah. Like people can go like check out check out the shop, but like. If you have like a cool idea you want to turn into a pendant, like have like a little VIP room that we could sit down. It's like, more than just a shop. Yeah, it's, it's more like, than just it's shop. an experience yeah, now. It's, like, it's an experience now. Maybe I'll give you a drink while you're browsing the shop, you know? So like, just like elevating the shop, like keeping that core identity. Like I'm not taking the sign down. Yeah. I'm not going to renovate the shop. No. I'm leaving it as it is now and 200 years ago, but I'll create another space that elevates it. Yeah. You know, like look at the space we're in now. Like, how many people come in here and bounce ideas off each other? How many like amazing people in Toronto yeah. like step their foot in here? Yeah. I want the same thing in my own backyard. Cause like even with Tier Zero, like I go to Tier Zero and like I like see I shadow them how they edit photos and edit videos. Yeah. And I ask questions and I learn from them. Yeah. Like, can you teach me this? Can you teach me that? And that's why I'm able to edit my own photos now, take my own photos. So yeah, just creating that space for you and your friends and like other creators and even clients to like to hop in. It's my, it's my next goal for sure. And I know maybe like two years is my timeline right now, but in five years, I'm going to guarantee you right now, I'm going to have my own studio. Hey man, sure. you got all yeah. this. I vouch for that. Appreciate you know, I'm you, sure man. you're going to do it well. Yo. People, people, you guys heard it here first. Yeah, you guys, yo, if you want to invest into me, I'll tell you right now. Yeah, you know, Nick's already told us what he's planning out. Yeah. If oh. it happens, once you see it happen, I'm telling you, you guys heard it on the podcast first. Uh, but yo, this was, this was a lot, but in a good way. Yeah. I feel like I learned a lot more about you. And I feel like, I hope the listeners kind of got an idea that like, before Nick being the Nick, the jeweler, he's just Nick. Chill, chill, you know what chill. I mean? Like. He I'm still, I'm still just Nick though. I still feel it just. There you Nick. have it. You know, he still goes through yeah. noises and all that. But uh, Nick, bro, an honor. Thank Appreciate you again you for having you, having uh, coming on, uh, coming on the show. Um, we're excited for you. And like, yo, if anyone is trying to get their, you know, ice together, you know where to go. Yo, tell them the address of the shop, man. Come on now. Yeah. So Nick's jewelry we're located at one four six two Dundas Street West. If you have an idea you want to bring it to life, so a pendant, a ring, shoot me an email at nickstrulia at gmail.com. Dope. Well, there it is. Another great episode with... Uh, yo, to the first episode. To the first episode. Yo, I don't have any more drinks, but like, yo, cheers to that. Still. Cheers to that. To the uh, first episode. Thank y'all for tuning in. And, uh, you know, we got another special guest next episode. So 
join us in turning that noise down. So, That's peace. Cool.